the Israeli Supreme Court was has never been the defender of the Palestinian rights. The Israeli Supreme Court confirmed the policy of home demolition, the siege on Gaza, the policy of administrative detention, the policy of checkpoints, the policy of deportation, and in fact, never accepted one case against home demolition, never accepted one case against administrative detention, never accepted one case against deportation. All of this is true. Welcome to This is Palestine. I'm Deanna Butu. For more than 31 weeks now, Israelis have been protesting what many are calling a judicial reform, overhaul, coup, whatever it is that you want to call it. The overhaul is effectively a means of gutting the power of Israel's court system, and in particular, its Supreme Court. In this episode, we hear from Hassan Jabarin, who is the founder and general director of Adala, a human rights organization based in Haifa that focuses on the rights of Palestinians. For more than 25 years, Hassan has litigated scores of landmark cases regarding Palestinians before the Israeli Supreme Court. Hassan explains to us how this judicial overhaul impacts Palestinians living under Israel's rule, whether as so-called citizens or those in the occupied territory. Now, before beginning, allow me to give some context. Under Israel's legal system, decisions by the government or laws that are passed by the Knesset can be reviewed by Israel's courts. What this judicial overhaul aims to do is to stop that, whether the decisions or laws are in relation to Israeli Jews or in relation to Palestinians. The aim is to effectively stop the courts from reviewing these laws or decisions. Now, incidentally, this process is not new. It actually began in 2010 when Avigdor Lieberman, a man who notoriously said that Palestinians should have their heads chopped off, embarked on a process to try to make the Israeli courts more right-wing. Avigdor Lieberman is a settler, and his aim was to try to stop the Supreme Court from dealing with anything relating to the settlements. Today, there are two Israeli settlers on the Supreme Court, and judges are more right-wing than ever. Now, I want to be perfectly clear in saying that the Israeli courts have hardly been protectors of Palestinian rights. To the contrary, they've actually been facilitators of Israel's theft of Palestinian land. For example, the Israeli Supreme Court has allowed for the wide-scale demolition of Palestinian towns. It's authorized the destruction of Palestinian homes. It's authorized the use of torture. It's authorized the use of Palestinians as bargaining chips. It's given Israel a near-free hand to bomb Gaza. It's legalized illegal Israeli settlements. And it's allowed for the construction of the wall and so on. Now, with this in mind, I asked Hassan what the impact of this judicial overhaul is on Palestinians. This government uh, want to make serious uh, constitutional change. And one of the reasons, and the main reason, that this government want to have this change in order not to have any legal constraint. If anybody will read the coalition agreement between the three sectors, the Likud sector, the leading political party of Netanyahu, the settlers, political party sector and the Haredim sector will find that this coalition and agreement cannot pass any law. You need to work in the illegality, clear illegality in order to confirm many of the coalition agreement. For example, this coalition say to make the 
Galilee and the Nakab, the south of uh, Israel, more Jewish to Judaize. The process of Judaization, we are speaking about the Green Line. Judaization meaning to have more racist and racial separation and segregation policy, meaning to build towns for Jews only and uh, to give benefits for Jews only. In order to do that, you need to have less and less judicial review. You have you need less independent court. You need less legality. In addition to that, this coalition said that also to expand the settlement in the West Bank and to expand the settlement in the West Bank and to also confiscate Palestinian private land. This is based on international war crime. So you cannot continue with this plan unless you put the law aside. So this government must attack the legality, must limit judicial review. Now you may ask, and I agree with you, and you, Diana, mentioned that in many occasions, rightly, in many different uh, forums, you said that, in fact, the Israeli Supreme Court was has never been the defender of the Palestinian rights, and I totally agree with you. And I totally agree with you that uh, the Israeli Supreme Court confirmed the policy of home demolitions, the siege on Gaza, the policy of administrative detention, the policy of uh, uh, checkpoints, uh, the uh, policy of deportation, and in fact never accepted one case against home demolition, never accepted one case against administrative uh, detention, never accepted one case against deportation. All of this is true. And really, uh, and the Israel Supreme Court didn't defend uh, the Palestinian citizen of Israel, their right, didn't defend their civil rights. Still, this government want to have more free hand. And this is why our situation as Palestinian will be worse after this reform than before. Doesn't mean that our situation was great. We, in the last 10 years, we witnessed two very, very conservative Supreme Court. And the Israeli Supreme Court was very conservative in our cases, the Palestinian cases. They still have, they give uh, positive and liberal cases to other groups, for example, women rights, the Supreme Court deliver, and cases about separation between religion and state, the Israeli Supreme Court deliver good decisions. However, the victim of the attack against the Supreme Court in the last 10 years were the Palestinians. Mm -hmm. The Supreme Court doesn't want to be perceived as defending the right of the Palestinians because Israel is a racist country. Now stated differently, Hassan thinks that this overhaul will pave the way for even more racist legislation and for outright Israeli annexation of Palestinian land under the veneer of, quote, legality, unquote. Israel has always tried to claim that its actions are legal and the overhaul plans are a way of ending any possibility of oversight so that, in effect, Israel can do as it chooses. One question that Palestinians have been endlessly asked over these past 31 weeks is why Palestinians have not been joining in the protests, particularly given the impact on us. The reason is simple. Israelis are not protesting the colonial or racist laws. They aren't protesting the occupation. They just want to return to the situation as it stood in November 2022, 
just before these elections. That's it. Hassan, of course, puts it differently. So it sounds as though, and I've said this as well, that Palestinians might be perhaps the most affected right. by this overhaul. Why is it that Palestinians are not going out and protesting, which is now you know 30 weeks of protests pretty much across yeah. the country? This is a great issue, and many uh, outsiders, I don't like to use the word foreigners, and uh, are interested to know this um, subject. Why? Why, despite the fact that we will be the most vulnerable, we, the Palestinians, didn't participate in demonstrations in Tel Aviv and Haifa. In the beginning of the protest, some Palestinian groups believe that this is a good opportunity to have a Jewish-Arab struggle for civil rights and democracy. And they really went to Tel Aviv uh, to participate. And they brought with them the Palestinian flag, and they brought with them their slogans, no democracy under occupation, and no democracy without full equality. Those three components, no democracy under occupation, no democracy without full uh, equality, and with the Palestinian flags, create alienation, serious, deep alienation, and enmity among Israeli Jewish protesters uh, in Tel Aviv. And it was in one of the occasions that a group against the occupation were attacked in Tel Aviv. And they were asked to have different track than the general protest track of Kaplan in Tel Aviv. So in fact, it was attempt from our side, but this is what we faced. In the meantime, while Israelis speak of, a, of an opposition, what's clear is that when it comes to Palestinians, they are in fact all united. Just one day after the judicial overhaul passed, with members of the opposition refusing to show up to the vote, the Israeli Knesset, with broad support, including from the so-called opposition, passed a law further entrenching an Israeli racist law by giving Israelis an effective veto over who can move into their neighborhood. The admissions committee law, and the name by itself should be cause for alarm, now allows for communities that are with up to 700 homes to be able to discriminate against Palestinians and bar them from moving in. This amounts to about 81% of communities in the north and 89% of communities in the south, as Hassan notes. And now what's uh, happening that uh, they are passing many laws that they, they don't reach the local media, international media. Not because the local media is not interested and uh, doesn't know about it. It's just because the Israeli media perceive that the big plan is the legal reform and they focus on that. The focus on that led this government to pass many racist laws. They passed very major racist law that say that um, in Israeli towns, inside Israel, uh, towns, small towns that include by 700 uh, members, uh, 700 families meaning, 700 houses, they will allow to decide who will live with them and who won't live, who is allowed to purchase house in those uh, towns, meaning this give ability, and this is the main goal of uh, this uh, law, is to give the towns 
to the power to exclude Palestinian citizens to live there. This is part of the Judaization of the Galilee and the South. Now we are speaking about 435 towns like that, which is about 40% of the towns in Israel. And if we speak about the areas where the Palestinians are living mostly in the north, it's more than 80, 80, about 81% of those towns the Palestinians won't be allowed to live. And 89 of the towns in the, uh, in the uh, south, meaning this law clearly bought the clear basis for apartheid. So let me just be clear. So what it means is that you, Hassan, as a Palestinian who holds Israeli citizenship, or Midiana as a Palestinian who holds Israeli citizenship, they can decide that we're not suitable enough to live in, these ha- exactly. in this town? Exactly. And the Knesset said, we are basing that in order to Judaize the uh, space, to Judaize the Galilee. And and where was this opposition on this? Some of the opposition few members that belong to Gans party voted for. And except Haaretz that highlights that, this law didn't get serious attention. And internationally, it passed without attention because international media focus on the Israel legal reform and criticizing and this allow this government to pass many racist laws but, but, under the radar. But so I, th- I think the op- I think the votes against were 11 so that was nine of the members of Knesset uh, that belonged to the non-Zionist Arab parties and then two additionals. What about Lapid's group and all of these other Yeah, people? they they were silent about that. They were silent about that. This is why, like, in, this is the absurd that in one hand, the people, you have thousands in Tel Aviv shouting democracy, 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 and when racist laws are passing, they are silent. This is the problem. This is why I say it's Jewish democracy. They are best, they passed also two days ago one of the most chauvinist, weirdest, racist law that say if rape, of a woman will be based on national reasons, the punishment will be double. So now in Israel, you have two levels of rape, one regular rape and one rape that Arab persons uh, committed against a Jewish uh, person. So here, like you start to see seriously and clearly Jewish supremacy laws. This is like remind of the laws in the South in America in the era of the slavery and immediately after uh, the Civil War there that the South started to enact laws like that. Thank you very much, Hassan, for your time. So there you have it, the overhaul in a nutshell. Thank you for listening to This is Palestine a podcast brought to you by the Institute for Middle East Understanding. The IMEU is a nonprofit focused on giving you access to untold stories, facts, and expert sources on all things Palestine. For more information, please visit our website at www.imeu.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the IMEU. Please don't forget to subscribe. I'm Deanna Butu. Thanks for listening.